Good morning. This is AB and this is the Talk About God podcast. Um, This morning, I finally just decided to start all over, right? Just start all over again. So, um, 2020 kind of sucked. I think we can all agree how much 2020 sucked. Um, But I refuse to allow 2021 to go the same way, right? Like, I've been... um, kind of fighting with myself and a lot of different ranges of emotions that, especially like last week, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And thankfully, God is good. And um, if you if you ask, he will answer. So I spent a lot of time praying and um, determined that I was at the peak of a mountain when I was in the word. And not just in the word, but actually studying the word for the first time in my life, which is entertaining. Um, So I actually did finish all of the Bible, the whole Bible, which is insane um, for the first time in my life. And I would love to do it again this year if possible. So I'm going to make a good faith effort to do so. But I'm not just going to breeze through it, right? I want to catch things this go around. Um, I want, I want my father to speak to me. Okay. So this morning I started all over in Genesis. Um, I listened to it and then I got my amplified version, um, hard copy, lovely paper out because I'm tactile and I wanted to touch it and I wanted to read it and I wanted to see it. So, um, I listened to it and then I read it myself. And then, you know, as I was reading through, I kind of marked the things that jumped out to me. So, um, Genesis one, a wonderful place to start. So, um, Father, I just pray that you guide me through this. Please, please, please guide me through this. And do not, please do not let me lead anyone astray, right? I don't want anyone to hear this and think that I'm giving some teaching. I am merely sharing what is popping out to me at this moment in my life in your word. And I know that it will change it always does. It always has. And I thank you for it. Um, as far as what I see, you and your word are always good and you are never changing. And I thank you for that, Father. So Genesis one twenty seven, God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God. Excuse me. He created him. Male and female, he created them. Um, yeah. Everybody gets, I don't know that everybody gets, but I've heard a lot of um, randomness about how only man is in God's image. Well, he created us. Um, And then, you know, of course, there's all kinds of things that we could go into about sexuality and gender and all of that. I'm not speaking to that. I'm just simply reading what God's word said. Um... Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord formed that has created the body of man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual, complete in body and spirit. That's always like one of my favorite things to see is that you took such care. Like you spoke everything else into existence. Like you just, you, you spoke this world into existence. And in this instance, 
I almost picture you kind of crouching down to the ground, scooping up dirt and, you know, I don't know, doing some kind of weird pottery-esque thing, forming. Because it says you formed. You formed a man from the dust of the ground. So, I think that's awesome. And then, of course, you breathed life into that man. Um, which seems very, like, compared to everything else you did, it seems very personal. Very, very um, intimate. So, I thank you for that. Um, my my version, of course, has these little footnotes, too, that kind of expand. Which I, I also really love. So, it's, it says that the essential chemical elements found in soil are also found in humans and animals. The scientific fact was not discovered until recent times but god is displaying it here how cool <laughs> is that so thank you um and in verse eight it goes on and this I, this is the first time i've ever noticed this um and the lord god planted a garden oasis in eden delight and land of happiness and he put the man in who he had formed and created there you planted a garden you planted it you didn't create it you didn't form it right like everything else was created you know you created um the heavens and the earth you all of these things you created but this you you planted a garden that's that's physical labor that's physical labor. That's not God created, God breathed it, God spoke it into existence. You, in my personal opinion, you, you planted it. <laughs> Just like I would plant something. Again, it's very, very loving, right? Knowing that that's where you were going to place him. You, you didn't just, like, you spoke the whole world into existence, which is in and of itself amazing. You took care to form the man and breathe life into him. And then you put the man there. And in my mind, I, I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I just see, of course, you crouching over dirt and making man. And that he's somehow still unconscious and he, you go and you plant this whole garden. And of course it's growing rapidly. I mean, you're God, you're amazing. Um, but you, you physically plant this whole garden and then you just carry him there and lay him down for him to wake up in one of the most, what I believe would be breathtaking places in all the planet. And, um, that's really cool. It's really really cool um and then of course it's not very long <laughs> before we go screwing it up um so genesis 3 and right in the very first like very first verse we jump right into um you know the serpent and it's it's really interesting this exchange so Genesis 3, 
verse one, I'm going to skip midway to where the serpent starts talking. Of course, we know he's crafty. Can it really be? God has said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. God said, you shall not eat from it, nor touch it. Otherwise you will die. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. For God knows that one day, oh my gosh, that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. That is, you will have greater awareness and you will be awake, you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And when the woman saw that this tree was good for food and that it was delightful to look at and the tree to be desired in order to make one wise and insightful, she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband. With her, he ate it. So, pride. Oh, she's like, oh, I can be wise. What? And I'm, I suspect that there's a little bit more to this exchange. I, I suspect that she touched the tree first, right? And realized that she wasn't struck dead instantly. And that's what emboldened her. To... Um, go ahead and eat from it. Cause at that point he was proven to be true in one part. Um, so there's a possibility he could be true at all. Um, of course we know how it goes from there, but continuing on, I love that, um, Genesis chapter three, verse nine, the Lord called the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? It's not like you didn't know where we were. You knew exactly where Adam was. You knew. You're God. You made him. But the fact that you are always showing that you want that relationship, that it's not um, its not something by force, like you could have just popped up right beside him, um, but you didn't. You were giving him um, privacy of sorts, right? Like... That's, it's almost respectful, um, which is so amazing. Like you, he's not obviously that old at this point, um, before he goes and screws everything up. So yeah, I just, I love that. And then, um, of course, Adam is like, you know, I heard you, I was afraid cause I was naked. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten the fruit from the tree, which I commanded you not to eat? And I love that you immediately are like, who told you? Who told you? It's like my favorite, my favorite quote of my God in the whole Bible, because it, it is a good reminder. Who told you? Who told you that? Who told you? That whatever, that you are hate, that you are, you know, evil, that you are mean, that you are ugly, that you are overweight, that you are underweight, that you are, that you are, that you are, that you are. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. Who told you that? So thank you, Father. Thank you so much. I mean, geez, who told you that? And of course, it goes on where you um, you curse the serpent. And 
the the whole i quote this to my son um because he doesn't understand why i don't like snakes and it's right here so genesis 15 i will put an amenity oh my gosh amenity open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed offspring and her seed and this is also the original foreshadowing of jesus he shall fatally bruise your head and you shall only bruise his heel so it says right here there's going to be hostility between the man, between woman and snakes. Like open hostility between the woman and snakes. And I think that's also like, that's just like the literal, right? Like literally (laughs) I hate snakes. Um, and I point to here, but also I've seen a lot of, a lot of families where the mother is the one that is really leading the charge against the devil, right? Like the mother is the one pouring over scripture and running to God and all of these things. And I think it goes to the root of one, the symbolism of the devil is a snake and there, you know, there's hostility, open hostility between the woman and the snake and the devil, I have no doubts, really hates women because one, we're gullible, right? Like it was great. Probably really liked us in the beginning because he had the ability to, um, you know, confuse us. But then we go on and we're the ones that a woman, a woman brought jesus into the world ruining everything for him a woman brought jesus into the world ruining everything for him and so i think that there's a good argument to be made that he just don't like us a lot more than he doesn't like men (laughs) um so yeah and then let's make no mistake it's not that he loves men okay he kind of hates us all he does hate us all, but I feel like there's a little special hostility there, um, which is what drives us as women to fight so on really, um, for our family and our, yeah. Anyway, so carrying on Genesis three, um, 22 and the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us, father, son, Holy spirit, knowing how to distinguish between good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take from the tree of life as well and eat its fruit and live in this fallen sinful condition forever. Therefore, the Lord God has sent Adam away from the garden of Eden to till and cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So basically he's taken him back to where he was made. Um, so God drove the man out and at the east of the Garden of Eden. He permanently stationed the cherubim and the sword with the flashing blade, which turned round and round in every direction to protect and guard the way. <sighs> the tree of life. And of course, right before he drove us all out, or drove Adam and Eve out, he made tunics of animal skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So there's the beginning of the use of humans for something other than, or animals for something other than just, I don't know, buddies. Um, now, of course they go on 
to give birth to Cain and Abel. And so in chapter 4, verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, Why do you look so angry? Oh, and this hit me so hard today, so just please bear with me um, if I can figure out a way to you know, actually articulate this thought. But um, so 6, 4, 6, Genesis 4, 6, And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry? And why do you look annoyed? Um, backstory here. They were giving their offerings. Cain and Abel both brought their offerings to God. This is something that we've done since the very beginning. Um, it doesn't say 10%. It's not a quote tithe. It is just a offering of the best you have that you give to God. Um, and so in um, Cain's case, he was a farmer. So he would bring, you know, grain and whatever he cultivated from the land, the first best of that. Um, Abel was a um, shepherd, so he would bring the best from his flock, okay? So he, the Lord favored Abel's offering. He was like, yeah, yours is awesome. Um, He didn't condemn Cain's. He just didn't fall all over it, right? Like he did Abel's. And so the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry and why do you look annoyed? If you do well, believing me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, but ignore my instruction, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. Oh my Lord. Okay. Welcome to 2021. Sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. This could apply to so many things. Sin is sin. It's always been sin. It is still sin. This is still just as relevant today as it was for Cain back in, you know, I don't know, the very beginning. So it also spoke to me about how sin works, right? It crouches at your door. It desires for you to overpower you, but you must master it, which tells me you have the ability to defeat it, right? You have the ability to rise above. You may not always be perfect in that, but you have the ability because God said you do. You must master it. He didn't say, but you can't master it. You're you're doomed. You're whatever. No, If you do well, believing me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, but ignore my instruction, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. Lord, help us. Help us all. Help us all. Then going on to um, verse 10. And make no mistake, this is very much cherry picking of the scripture. So I do ask that you read all of it for yourself. Okay. These are just the things that jumped out to me. I read it, but these are what I highlighted because it jumped out to me. Um, Genesis four verse 10, the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's innocent blood is crying out to me from the ground for justice. Um, the reason this jumped out to me is because it, uh, oh, God bless me. I might have another one coming too, but, um, 
it reminded me of in Revelation where the martyrs, um, I think it's like the seventh scroll or something. Um, the martyrs get to heaven after being beheaded. Um, and they are crying out for justice. Um, crying out to God for justice is something that started in the very beginning with the very first death. This is when you see justice enter the picture. Um, at least when I personally caught justice entering the picture, there was not a cry for justice against the evil one when we fell. Um, not at all. You know, Adam and Eve didn't cry out to God for justice for the deceit that had, um, you know, fell upon them. Justice comes in with the first murder. And so, and even in the end, justice cries out with some of the, probably not the last murders, but some of the last murders, I would suspect. Justice is, um, is something for God and God alone, um, and only something that he can carry out. So continuing on Genesis four fifteen, the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever, so he cast, sorry, he cast Cain out. Um, he, he exiled him from the rest of his family. You, you gotta go. You're not allowed to be here. And of course, you know, his punishment, he, he's now a fugitive. Um, and he's like, you know, somebody's going to find me and kill me. And God said to him, um, Genesis 15, Genesis 4, 15, therefore, whoever kills Cain, a sevenfold vengeance that is punishment seven times worse shall be taken on him by me. And the Lord set a protective mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. Now this popped out to me, um, and I could be completely wrong in it, but it jumped out to me because it showed me a facet of your heart. Um, even in your justice and you're, you're so good and you're so just, you didn't kill Cain. You didn't kill him. You did even more so you protected him from anyone else. You didn't, you not only did not kill him, but you did not allow anyone else to kill him. That's crazy. In my personal humble opinion, um, it doesn't seem very just, right? Um, but again, you are the, um, not really create, well, I mean, you are the creator, but you, you are the only one who's ever truly just, and you know what justice is far better than I do. Um, and I, I trust that in this moment that that was justice being served, um, for Abel and, um, knowing that you had, you had reason. Um, so continuing on Genesis four, 26, I was so excited to find this this morning, father. So excited. So, um, Adam and Eve have Abel or have, um, given birth to Seth, um, because of course their Abel is, is gone. Um, so this is the first time I personally have seen prayer mentioned in the Bible. It's the first time. So, um, to Seth also was born. Um, so Seth, this is when Seth has a son. Um, 
at that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord and worship through prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. So it wasn't until Enosh was born. And I think that, I don't know, like, is this because you are no longer, like, physically with us? You know, because, like, why would Cain pray? Like, he could just talk to you? Like, you physically, you you talked to him and you told him, you know, you got to go. I'm going to protect you and put this mark on you. Um, and then, you know, of course, Seth is born. Um, and this is after, I think this is after Cain. Yeah, Cain's already had um, children at this point, too. Let's see. Oh, okay. So Enosh was in a, like, is the name of Cain's son and Seth, apparently. Yeah. Genesis 17. Cain knew his wife and she conceived and gave birth to Enosh. And Cain built a city, named it Enosh after the name of his son. And then it goes on in 26 to say to Seth, also a son was born who he named Enosh. Or Enosh or whatever. Huh. Oh no, Enoch. And Enosh. See? So Enoch. Cain had Enoch. And Seth had Enosh. Um, Apparently Enosh means mortal man. So it wasn't until Enosh was born that prayer started to happen, which is really cool. Um, Genesis 6. This is when I think what we, I think from all of this that I've determined. So Cain was banished. He started a city. He, he started having family and children and, you know, populating. So we still have Adam and Eve and Seth. Right, because now Abel's gone, and um, Seth's having family and populating whatever. So Genesis six, the corruption of mankind. So it says that the sons of God, Genesis six two, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and desirable, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose and desired. So. They, there, there's so much speculation here. Um, what research I've done, um, says that the sons of God are like, you know, maybe fallen angels. Um, and then of course the sons of man are, are human. But I also, um, have discovered that it could mean the sons of God as in, Seth's children, Adam and Eve and Seth's children, because they tried to hold true to God, right? Um, they did not, I mean, they sinned by disobeying and eating from the tree, um, but it doesn't continue on saying that they continued to sin. Um, and then of course, Cain, like 
he says it's sin is knocking at your door you must master it and he obviously did not master it because he goes on to kill his brother um the sons of god saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and desirable and they took wives for themselves whomever they chose it desired i i personally am in the camp of this is seth versus cain this is seth the and the sons of god his his descendants and these are the daughters of men which would be cain's descendants um because there there's nothing in scripture that leads me to believe that um that um you know knowing that seth i mean back in verse 26 of um chapter four we know seth started his family at the same time the men began to call the name of the lord worship through prayer and praise and thanksgiving so we know that seth's people now prayed and worshiped um worshiped you father so there's nothing that leads me to believe that angels have fallen and have now become the sons of God because you call us, you know, in New Testament, Jesus says we, we are, we are the sons and daughters of, of you. So really do you think that this is, um, this is Seth, sons of God, Seth's people and the daughters of men, which would be Cain's daughters, um, or, you know, descendants, um, so Genesis six, three, the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive and remain with man forever because he is indeed flesh, sinful, corrupt, given over to sensual appetites. Nevertheless, his days shall yet be 120 years. So this is when you shorten our lifespans, you shortened all of our lifespans. So everybody before was living crazy, crazy amounts of time, like 300, 700, like, 500 like all of these insane hundreds of years and this this is what shortens it um pretty pretty interesting obviously that's as uh, as far as i got this morning but i thank you father i thank you for this fire that you've lit within me in order to dig into your word. I thank you for this day. I thank you for our family. I pray that you'd be with us today um, in starting new school and just the fun that goes with that. So I just pray that you you guide us in it. I thank you for all that you do and all you've given us. And please, please, please help me to live out these words. Write them on my heart. Remind me that sin is always knocking, trying to, trying to get me and that I have the power to master it. Um, and I pray that you give me give me the courage to do so. Um, like I said, please don't let these words lead a single person astray. If I am wrong in any of it, convict them to dig and prove it. Um, and convict me and Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your love and your grace in Jesus amazing name. I pray. Amen. As always get in the word. I cannot stress it enough these are just highlights um obviously i've read this before (laughs) um it's not my first time i think it's i'm going on my third time through genesis now i believe i i can't tell you for certain but you know some of the things like seth and you know the the sons of god and the sons of man 
these are things that I questioned the first go around or the, or the I believe the second I think the first go around I just read it I didn't look in, <laughs> into any of it I just read it but you know the last time I read it I do remember going oh the sons of God and the daughters of men what does that mean and so that prompted a deeper dive so um just know that you're not going to learn unless you dig deeper right um and that means I don't know I I use Google I don't let Google be my end-all be-all. Um, I look up different theses. I look up, you know, I've got many, many different versions of the Bible that I look into. I've got a couple study Bibles um, that I use the footnotes on, um, like this one. I've actually got three, I think, now. Um, so I compare all the different ones, things like that. Um, don't get fancy with it. Um, I think the more you complicate it, the more difficult it will be. Just enjoy it. Spend time with, with your father, um, and let him speak to you in the ways that only he can. Um, he's kind of been teaching me this week that I'm beyond the help of a human therapist, I think is what we've gotten to. Um, I'm, I've got to do better at running to him. Um, because I thrive and I am my happiest and at most peace and I ignore the insanity. Oh my gosh, the insanity of this world. It is getting to be a absolute freak show. And so we like the world will know his people by the peace we carry and the love we have for one another. And you can't have that if you're drinking that mess in all the time. You're not gonna have peace, you're not going to be happy. If you are letting the evil in. Um, so just stop. Like, turn off CNN, please, for the love of all things that are holy. Turn off CNN. Um, turn off your Fox News, if that's what you're watching too. Turn it off. Shut it down. Get in your Bible. There's where we all need to go. God's people need to get to run into him because it's only going to get worse. And if we do not have the right mindset and we are not kingdom focused, we are not going to be able to save people, right? We're not going to be able to see past differences if we're so fueled by them. It's not our differences. Like he made us, he made us all different. It's okay. It's beautiful. That's, that's the point. Um, but we have to look to commonalities and know that he made us all no matter what our politics no matter what our theologies none of that matters all that matters is him and his word and we have to get in it we have to know it in order to be able to live that out so i just pray that you again get in your word and um I just pray that he blesses you, that he moves you, um, and that he, you know, he strengthens you for the fights ahead because there are fights ahead. Make no mistake. Jesus said we would be persecuted. He said it, he was persecuted. Um, and so if we are not, then we are not truly of him. So I just, I thank you. I thank you for sticking it out with me this morning. Thank you for giving me grace. I know I've been, um, I've been slacking, um, on even, doing the podcast. I didn't do any this weekend because I was, uh, focused on trying to get my life right. Right. Focused on, um, you know, 
trying to master <laughs> the sin that's crouching at my door. Um, so I just, I thank you. I thank you for your grace. I will say I finally got my butt in church um, this weekend and it's a hospital. It is indeed a hospital and I was very sick um, and I needed it. I needed it. Um, had I gone last week, I went back and watched the sermon from last week. Um, because normally I would at least stream it and I did not even do that last week. And, um, had I gone last week and it probably, my week (laughs) probably would have been significantly better because it was a amazing message that spoke to exactly, exactly what I needed to hear. Um, so I missed a divine appointment and that was my fault. Um, but anyway, I, I thank you for sticking it out with me. I pray that you, like I said, get, get in the word get to know your father and just just see what um what he has to say to you about this moment in your life god bless